Now, True Wealth, presented by Little John Financial Services. Here are David Little John and Katie Shook with True Wealth on News Radio 1240 KQEN. <laughs> That's probably the best topic of the day. Hey, welcome your live. We're the welcome to the True Wealth Show. As you know, the greatest Tuesday you've had all week. Today, just me and. Just me, Katie. And Katie in the show. Just, <laughs> just me, get and Katie. me and me. You get the Mimi show. Yeah, just so. Oh, uh, by the way, for the record, everybody has good days and bad days, right? And yes, and, and this is not a good day. This is not a good day. It's Frustrating. Not a, it's day. not a bad day. It's not a horrible day, but it's not a good day. You 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 have to take the good with the bad, right? Life has totally. ups and downs. The market has up and ups and downs. Like nothing ever just is positive all the time. Right. And even yep. people that you think are positive all the time have bad days. They just cry by themselves in a bathroom with nobody watching. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I went I, there. We're going to yes. go a little dark today. So I was teasing I, David. I, it wasn't that dark to me. Uh. <laughs> no, it's so you know what I, I was jokingly saying before the show, we should talk about bad advice. Because we we aim to give good advice for what advice it is, right? Usually not financial advice that are specific, but we aim to give you guys good tidbits to hang your hat on. But what happens when you get bad advice? And sometimes you don't recognize it. Yeah, bad advice or well-intentioned advice that's not good. Oh, that's even better. Right? Right? Well-intentioned advice that's not good. Um, Or this is the really tough one. What about stuff that is it's really mean but it is good advice right oh, like what, what if you even have, like, better advice tough the, love like yeah, tough love yeah. advice so you're right this could be fun today we're I gonna think we should I, unfold we're on gonna talk one. about the advice show right like with the good advice the bad advice the tough love advice the tough love advice and um let's yeah and what the, this the means to you advice? as an investor Wait, what nothing <laughs> never mind you didn't hear that not Adolf. <laughs> shut up <laughs> like, david oh gosh it's gonna go Probably to hell in a handbasket today, but you're going to be on the journey with us and you're going to enjoy it every step of the way. There you go. And look, some of this is levity and laughter is medicine. Okay. Yes. That's, that's part of it. Amen, and then, brother. You know what else? Perspective. Okay. True. Like, like a little perspective. Um, it, it's there's, first of all, there's always somebody that's got its worse, worse than you. So there's that perspective. If you look around, it's like, oh, I thought it was bad until, oh, okay. So it's all relative. Uh, but that's not that's not the larger point of the show today. I like the idea of advice. And first of all, because that's what we, we do. Result, that's what we do. We right? give financial advice. We do. Yeah, we're not brokerage. And not we, me, but like our well, firm. I mean, yeah, you don't get to do financial advice because that's, because I'm not licensed associated. for it. Right. But advice like, hey, what's the best way to get this money from moved from your account to the other account? You're super good at that. Like, you know the protocols and all the stuff. And it's like, hey, are you, so you can tell them, like, here's the process and here's what's going to be best. Well, and we've had multiple shows about could and should, right? What yep. you can do and what you should do are not always the same thing. So sometimes that's where that tough love advice comes in. Right. Right. Can I do this? Well, you can. But do you really yeah, want but to? should I? So... Uh, Let's start with this will be a fun exercise. Let's what is some advice? Like can you think of really bad advice that that you've ever received or that you've taken? I have one right off the bat by the way. Can I like think some of really, really bad advice that you got where you look back and be like, "What was that all about?" Yeah, my mom told me to perm my hair in the 7th grade. And not only did I do it once, I think I did it like 3 or 4 times. I look like a French poodle. It's re- re- so bad. It's so bad. And perms are coming back by the way, which just makes me yes, go like face palm. Are. 
But yeah, I looked at my mother the other day and said, what were you thinking? And she's like, I don't know. They were in trend. I feel like this is, there's something biblical about fashion trend right now. Oh. It's like, oh, the sins of the father will be visited on the next generation. <laughs> I'm like, we're repeating the whole fashion thing. Oh. Like, I swear hypercolor is going to be here any moment. By the way, I will totally buy hypercolor if it comes back. Yeah, and, I and, loved and, hypercolor. Yeah, so I'm like, <laughs> it's it's just under different names now. Now oh. it's not temperature. It's like, oh, like there's a it'll be climate like, color, like Del Sol or something that it it changes in sunlight. So it's UV responsive as opposed to temperature responsive. No, whatever. It's yeah, so still indoors, it's a different color than outdoors. So it's like they don't that. call it Atkins anymore. They call it keto, but it's still They're ketosis, which of. is really. Um, so, okay, yeah. what's the bad advice that you got? Buy as much house as you can afford. Oh, I've heard that one a lot. Right? That was the, this happened to me and uh, my wife. We built a place together and we did that because building it meant construction financing which meant and the markets were expanding so we started it was uh, february of 2005 right and we get started and we finish in december of 2005 and we move into a new home and we the construction loan by the time we got final appraisal had so much equity in the property that we did not need a down payment Wow, awesome. Right? So that worked out. And you think to yourself, okay, score one for the financial guys. Somebody's knowing how to play this thing, right? And oh, I'm like, yeah. That was more luck of the markets going up and at that time. And just so you know, even today, if you go look on Zillow at the estimated value of the home that we used to live in, it has still not climbed to the height of the appraised value that we received in December of 2005 for our final takeout loan. Oh my gosh. So that's how, and now it fell by like 50% after we moved in. By 2008, the property was so underwater that we couldn't possibly sell it. So we were structurally trapped right? and ended up living in that home for 12 years. And, and by the time we had three kids in this place, and you'd think it was about 2,200 square feet, right? And you're like, well, come on, that's plenty of square footage. But like the bedrooms are small, the closets are small, the floor plan was very open. We were out of places to put stuff. Like there's a piano and kid toys in the dining room well i remember like your home office then became the nursery nursery, which would only fit a nursery because it it really was not the crib and changing table nothing else right like it wasn't big enough to be a bedroom it was like a nook with a door yes (laughs) it was truly a home office a nook with a door so uh and you know what there's plenty of love in that house. It's not like we suffered being there. I actually really like. Oh, the and house. I bet the minute you moved in, you were like, "Oh my gosh!" From apartment living, you must have felt like you were oh, in a pa- man. like a palace, tall, cotton, you, right? You were you. like, "This house is huge and in a great neighborhood." But it did implode, right? And then um, we had, you know, it's like get as much mortgage you can as you can afford. Oh, such bad right? advice. Too. Well. Then when 2008 came through, you know, it melted down the financial industry, and that was super, super lean. I mean super lean. Like, we were playing the shuffle game of, like, make sure these bills, what order are we paying them in, and when does the cash come in, and when does it move around? And it was, like, you know, ramen season. Uh, It was legit. I've had the leverage your home to buy another home conversation with a family member. Um, who has done very well in real estate, by, might I add. And I feel like when you're giving advice, make sure that you're not taking your personal situation into consideration, but theirs. And it's the reason I say that is 
you know, not everybody has the same financial history. Um, you know, we've shared, I can't believe I'm going on eight years with this company. That's I'm going nutty. into my eighth year. Like Here I went like where did, where did, a week like, or two. Yeah. April 28th. Yeah. I was going to say. So like, I was like, where did like your five to eight? Like, I feel like, I mean, I knew it and I've said it. But it just, I don't know, felt like I woke up and I was like, oh my gosh, it's really been that long. Right about the time they changed the studios. When we moved to the new studios. Yeah, it was just like. And it was like, oh, and boom. Yeah, it was crazy. But but the reason I share that is I have changed industries three times since my 20s, right? So my finances have fluctuated based on industry and, and I've moved to a different state for a job. I originally grew up in Southern California. So my life has fluctuated a lot more than this relative who was giving me the financial advice. And it's, I think it's hard when you're like, well, look, I've been really successful. And it's like, yeah, but your life didn't necessarily mimic mine. Like I wasn't following the same exact steps you took. So how can I expect the same exact outcome? Well, I don't know that you ever get the same exact outcome. Um, This is probably the Especially since we're talking about, you know, mine was like buy as much house as you can afford. Right. I mean, that was advice that initially came from uh, family members, and it was good advice up until that point. There hadn't been a material real estate correction in decades. Right. Right. I mean, it's just well, get into the house, and real estate goes up, so you may as well do that. And right. you need a place to live anyway, right? Right. Which that's the funny advice when they say, "Well, you got to have a place to live anyway." It's like, yeah, but you know, in hindsight, we probably could have rented a place and spent less than our mortgage and since we had no equity to show for it after 10 years then it was no different than renting well and again right hindsight is 2020 you didn't know a real estate correction was on the heels of or not on the heels but however you say it coming up right in the next couple years i mean when you bought it everything was fine and you were happy and a newlywed and had a brand new house and life was good like there was no way to forecast that that was going to happen. You don't know a lot of the time. The future? When folks <laughs> lie, right? Like, you don't know. Like, when banks lie, then, or like, like how are, sure, yeah. we have plenty of collateral. Or when you start, it, maybe it wasn't lies, but how about when you just start ignoring data, right? That's kind of what precipitated the housing crisis back in 2008, right. was that, you know, we were making loans to people that had no business getting the loans. Right. And, you know, banks would say at the time, well, you know, that was the policy and the federal government said, go ahead and do this. And, you know, we were trying to do all this sort of, um, you know, make home ownership reachable for the masses. But we did it without responsible use of credit. And oopsie. Right. <laughs> you know, and so that's. I could just sorry tell someone somewhere someone listens to the podcast and goes, that's a racist comment. And I'm like. I pointed to nothing other than like reckless credits, reckless credit, right? Right. I mean, it just is. And that, you know, you infer what you've got to do, but that's on you. Um, the The reality is that there were changes to legislation for how collateral worked for banks, and it kind of created this house of cards effect. And, you know, we saw it. All of a sudden, people couldn't pay for things, and then the market got flooded with inventory, and, all, you know, it just... It collapsed. Well, and the way we look at the market now, the housing market, you know, and I say we, it, about our age group, people people that have lived through that market crash are going to treat real estate slightly different, right? Especially if they got burned by it. Now, you have a personal debt, like debt in that whole thing because you bought your house. And now, so now you're oh, way more, yeah. so now you're way more cautious 
anytime you buy or sell real estate. <laughs> it's funny because I've also lived through now three 30 plus percent market corrections just in my career, which most financial pros don't get to say. So, right. But I mean, again, you, you so that also more than 20 years in the business now to have had that happen. You that have also to. affects how you give financial advice because you've seen it, right? It's yeah. the been there, done that sticker right on the back yeah. of the head. So your advice looks different than somebody who maybe is new to the industry that hasn't experienced that. That is true. And I, I, I like what you said earlier, though. I think advice, um, and this is something that I, we can tease this a little bit for the next segment, but um, is, you know, personal advice versus advice from a person? Totally different. Yeah, they are totally different. A lot of times folks want advice to come in a formula, right? They want it to be this simple, if you follow these steps, it'll work kind of deal. And it can, but also it doesn't always. Right. So let's talk a little bit about that next. Is like, you know, when does the formula make sense? And when is there just not a formula? So when you follow the recipe or not, but we got to take an obscene profit break. So we'll do that. And there's the music. Good job. So stick around and we'll be covering more on the advice show where we're going to sort it out. That and more, but we got to take this break. So stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shook. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. Hey gang, welcome back to the True Wealth Advice Show today. Where right? we're not giving advice, we're, <laughs> but we're talking, talking about, about it. it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, why do we have to say that, right? Does, if you've listened for a while, you've heard us say all the time that we don't, don't take this as personal advice. That is totally relevant to this segment I want to talk about today, right? Why do we say that, Katie? Well, because we have compliance issues that we need That's to follow. That's actually like, is the reason, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it's, they basically have said, like, how can you make sure that the advice you're giving on the air is actually suitable yeah. for everybody? And we can't. Well, I can do certain things, right? Such I as? Can, they're like, don't make stupid decisions. There's good advice for you. Okay. <laughs> um, how about buy low and sell high? Yeah. There's, uh, you know, and those are the kinds of things that are, they're not very useful, clearly, right? I mean, and, and you know, we get it. I'm screwing around. But- I think the larger point is that finance, the, the advice actually is personal. And when you get into the fiduciary land, which is where we live, where when we make advice for our customers, we have to do it through the lens of what the customer needs, right? And what is in their best interest. Correct. And so, the fiduciary, the advice is intended for the best interest of the customer. And David, there's been times when I've heard you say, like, here are your options, and I uh -huh. have to disclose that yes. if you do this option, I get paid. And if you do this one, I don't get paid. But I'm not telling you that this other option where I don't get paid is a bad option because I don't get paid. Like, you yeah, have to kind you know, of say, like... Or even disclosing, like, when there's a price difference, right? Price is not the only decision. This, If there was a thing that drives me nuts... It is? <laughs> it is that people make decisions on price exclusively, and it's bad coaching, right? And here's the thing. If you look at your investments, and the first thing you do is go look at the expense ratio of your fund, but you don't look at... How the, well it's performing. Yeah, you don't look at the other data. I'll just call it other data. If you all you look at is the 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 cost of that, then what I would suggest to you is that's bad coaching. 
Right. Right. You have been trained and you've been you've been trained by companies where that's their value proposition. Right. Like Vanguard says, we're an index fund. We're not trying to add any value or enhance in any of the ways that we uh, for risk in return. We're just going to buy the category and we're going to own it as cheap as possible. And we're going to support this decision through all of the various data forms and research that indicates why we think we're right. Right. Which, by the way, is what everybody does when they're selling you something. You know what's interesting is we apply that sometimes to stocks, but I very rarely ever hear that applied to like a car. Like, oh, I have, you know, $10,000 to spend on a car. Okay, then any car will do as long as it's $10,000. Right. No, people are like, no, I wanted a truck. I wanted a this. I wanted a that. Why would it matter? If your budget was 10000 why not just pick the first $10,000 car that worked? But and, that's what people try to do in our industry. They're like, well, well sometimes, I'm, not always, and, and I'm not. I'm well, generalizing. Well, our listeners are smart, right? right? So I know that if you're listening to the show by now, you're smart. That's good, because there is more to the story. Okay. Now, keep in mind when I start saying something like this, you should also look at this and say, follow the money a little bit, because if I was honest with you, and I'm going to try to be, first of all, you know, we pay for this program. Right. Right. I mean, this is a this is a in we a sense, pay it's, to it's, air our opinion. <laughs> it's, yeah. In a sense, it is paid advertising. And yet the content that we try to deliver is neutral. Right. We're not attempting to sell very much other than if you are in a position where you cannot do it yourself, get help. Right. And if you don't have that person, Call we us. may be it. Right. right. We kind of talk about that. But why do we give so much of this away? Well, some of it's to build accountability and rapport. Right. It's, it's it's first of all, I want our listeners to understand that you you have you can go to the internet and get this information. Right. Okay. There's there's no benefit to us trying to hide the information you could get anyway. Let me give it to you. The decision is about do I understand it? Can I digest it? Can I manage it? Can I fit it into my life? I think the last two are super important. Can I manage it and can I fit it into my life? Now, I know very, I would say that all of our clients are smart people. Yeah, I, I think generally so. Right. But and and they may be the professional in their field. Sure. Right. Some of them doctorate degrees and, and further education. But that doesn't mean that they understand everything about our industry. Sure. Right. And I mean, there's times when I, I love when you say, you know, like I could change my own oil if I had to, but. It's not the best use of my time. And I think those things are really important when it comes to advice. Like, are you paying somebody so that you can utilize your time better? Right. And it's back to the advice. Right. So I had a conversation with a client earlier today and I said, what makes what our firm does useful to our clients is not just the investment story. Because truthfully, there are lots of places you could go to get investments. And there are lots of places where their value proposition is you can buy the investments from us. They're relatively automated and they are low cost and easy. Well, that's right? fine until your life isn't easy anymore. Well, it's, it's, I mean, generally speaking, that's fine, period. Here's the issue. It's not very comprehensive. True. Right? You want to know what's really expensive in finance? What? Mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> Mistakes are really expensive. And you know what else is really expensive? Fixing those mistakes. That, that could be really expensive too. But missed opportunities. 
Yeah, and those are the ones people don't talk about. Right. Like, and, oh, I, you know, I sold it and what I thought was high. And it's like, okay, great, but did it go higher? Well, and uh, I'm not even talking about that because that is the benefit of hindsight. I'm talking about things like, hey, you owned for something for 350 days. Had you waited two more weeks, your taxes would have dropped had you gone to a long-term capital gain from short-term because it was in a taxable environment. And especially at a time when you didn't necessarily need the cash. Right. Why did you force liquidate something right before you could have lowered the tax implication? Oh, I didn't know. Okay. And by the way, the tax gap is typically significant enough that one or two of those mistakes would more than pay for the advisory fees you're paying for a whole year. Right. Right. So there's these subtle details in efficiency, and it's not just what you make, it's what you keep. Now, I want to be very clear, because again, all of you listening, you're smart, right? There's no guarantee that advice enhances what you're doing. And a lot of people really are smart. It is possible to do it yourself. Right. That well, is the wild. I mean, and if you love it, again, I've always said, when you do it yourself, you know what it should be? What? It should be your job or therapy. <laughs> you should love doing it. Right. Agreed. Sometimes it's both. Um, but it's so let's talk about the advice, right? Who, what kind of advice are you getting? And from whom? Because there's times when people say like, oh, I was talking to my hairdresser. I was talking to my neighbor, right? Right. Okay. Well, is your neighbor a professional in that field? Or are they giving you well, advice about something that's not I, their field? I love field? the question. I want to take a break on this one because ah. I want our listeners to come back and think about this. What type of advice are you getting? Right. Okay. Now, categorically, not from whom, not personal what type of advice because it's and and the, the phrase to remember is scope but we got to take a break stick scope. around we'll be right right this is dave little john and katie show yeah true wealth on news radio 1240 kqen Hey gang, that. welcome back to the True Wealth Radio Show. Oh, I and, love it! You jingled, yay! And so, and it changes every time. I right? don't care. So, That's fine. um, they'll give us our own tune one day. You'll see. Yep. Uh, look, if you're just joining us, grab the podcast on this one. It'll be available on our webpage tomorrow, littlejohnfs.com, under the Educate tab. And we're going to post this one because today's show is the advice show. And yet we're not giving advice. Right. So we're not, yeah, we're not. <laughs> kind of, we're, we're, maybe. Well, in a roundabout way, we're talking about how you get advice. And how, how you validate your yeah. advice. Is it good advice or not? Uh, what about, and we've talked about, you know, what if you got, have you gotten bad advice? You know, that's just an easy one. What about advice that. Uh, my favorite is unsolicited advice. <laughs> yeah. It's like, stop talking about my backswing, right? <laughs> I don't really golf anyway, but it wouldn't help. Yeah, stop telling me how to parrot. I'm okay. <laughs> so, uh, scope of advice. So, you, so the when scope we left of advice. at the break, you were talking about scope of advice. What do you mean when you say that? Okay, so, you know, in the field of advice, right? So, we're talking really about financial advisory services. And okay. that is, we've said, we've talked on the program before, that's different than brokerage, right? right. Brokerage is about, hey, I need to buy a thing, and it's a transactional event, right? Right, and and then a commission is associated with that event because there, you know, somebody is facilitating a transaction. It's between you and the thing you want is the person making that transaction occur. Really common in the insurance industry, okay? And that's not a bad thing, right? Hey, you buy life insurance. The agent gets paid for selling you the life insurance. They help with the application. They facilitate all the stuff. They get your questions answered. That's how that works, right? Right. And if you're doing it online, guess what? 
the online ethersphere, right? That's the agent in that case, right? It's an online brokerage of life insurance. So if you go to select quote or something, then you're just choosing to not have a person. And in many cases, just so you're aware, it doesn't cost any different if you go online and get it versus you have an agent because it's state regulated oftentimes. And I say oftentimes because there may be unique environments here, but typically speaking, if you want to get you know ABC life insurance, if it's not a proprietary company, meaning they have their own agents or you mm -hmm. have to go through their website only, uh, then you are having a brokered uh, relationship, at which point they're just going to connect you with the company based on your conditions and get you life insurance. Right. Well, an agent would do the same thing. That's kind uh, of a slot A, tab B kind of In a sense, yeah, like life a formula. insurance is pretty formulaic. It's like, how much money do you want uh, if you die? How? What are your health conditions so that we can get a sense of how likely you are to die between now and then? <laughs> And then based on the risk parameters, we're going to price that and you're going to pay for it. Right. Right. And that pricing process is the actuarial work. And when they're reviewing your conditions, that's the underwriting work. So that's how that works. Well, look, when we think of advice, it's not transactional, right? The advice is more like a fee for service. Well, right? it's ongoing. It's a relationship. Well, it should be, in, right. in our opinion. Like fiduciary advice, you have an ongoing uh, obligation, obligation to make sure that it's still good advice. Assuming that it is defined in the scope of the advice, right? Here's the thing. Uh, if you have an insurance agent that says, I'm a financial planner, are they or aren't they? I would, if they say they are, then the assumption would yeah. be that they or are. Or sometimes they say financial consultant. Now, right? why would they make the distinction? Well, I think it's nomenclature. Uh, and the question is, it's sort of how many angels can dance on the head of a pin at that point, right? I don't know how you necessarily define it, but the scope of the advice they offer. Now, if you're insurance professional, and I use the term professional just so we're clear here, but if an insurance professional starts to give you advice on your mortgage, okay, or they want to give you advice on your retirement plan, okay, they may or may not be qualified to do that. They may or may not be licensed to do that depending on how they are offering the advice. True. And typically speaking, they don't delve into those areas. So can they still be called a financial consultant if they're only dealing with your insurance? I don't know. Well, in many cases, yes, because the scope of the advice is limited. And I think that also touches on something, too. Sometimes when advice out of the scope of what you're maybe going for, right? Like if you were going in to talk about your homeowner's insurance and then all of a sudden you're talking about your mortgage and you're getting financial advice sometimes the assumption is that because you're seeking a professional in one area that if they're giving you advice that they know what they're talking about yeah yeah i mean that's the answer isn't it what is it the halo effect like we assume <laughs> well the halo effect is a little different that's kind of like pretty people you assume they're smarter and more talented yeah. or somebody who is demonstrates talent then you assume that they have talents in other areas too well, so but that's, that's kind of, of like, if, you know, if your talent is in one field and then all of a sudden we're talking about a different field and you talk about it with confidence. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can certainly imply that you are that you know what you're talking competent, about. And it's not a guarantee. Right. <laughs> well, the, the larger... <laughs> I love it. And it's not a guarantee. That's actually important. Go ahead. <laughs> well, when you think about advice, I mean, look, I still turn to other professionals for advice regularly. OK, I mean, I go to a physician if I need medical advice. 
Uh, I've had various professionals on this program before, be it legal. I've had insurance advisors who are very comprehensive in their advice. I mean, when you talk about risk management as a spectrum, right? Yeah, the insurance industry, many folks are very qualified in their brokerage and agency relationships to talk about everything from life insurance to health insurance, property and casualty insurance. Uh, they get into uh, uh, liability coverages and umbrella policies, and then they get into uh, really more exotic stuff. Specialty like layers lines, upon like, layers upon yeah, layers I mean, of different things. If you have specialty things. business lines, or you need bonding, or you need other, and they're so very comprehensive and robust risk management expertise. Right. Okay. And so that is a niche of expertise or niche, whichever the the word is yeah. these days. But tomato, that, tomato. Yeah. So if you think about that is financial consulting. So when you say and, like stuff like holistic financial advice, or we talk about what does that mean, or how would you define that for yeah. people? So holistic is kind of a buzzword. It's kind of a medicinal word. Yeah, it's a buzzword that implies that it's it's very comprehensive and uh, that it's going to be covering all of the different aspects of your life and it's more sort of natural and organic process again those are more buzzy terms right like i don't know that you just told me what it meant that's because there's not a definition that's hard-coded well but i so i would kind of make a little bit of a discernment in the fact that you know if you're calling somebody and you want to talk about your ira right and you're talking about retirement and your ira and they address the questions with your IRA, that's very one path. But yeah, like so if you call IRA, and say, well, I'm thinking but... about retirement and what that looks like and where my finances are in retirement. Now, it may include a conversation around your IRA, but it also may include other things in that conversation. Yeah. And really, it's when I when we talk about scope. Right. I am suggesting that this what you're speaking with your financial professional about and the scope of that relationship there should be some understanding in the definition. If you really got into the brass tacks of it, you know, if you're going to go deal with a certified financial planner, for example, they're supposed to define the scope of a financial planning engagement. Right. And you know, the financial planning gets thrown around all the time because again, the the definition, it's it's almost too vague, right? Like, well, planning, right? You know, we're going to plan like consultant. What the heck is a consultant? <laughs> Anybody right? smarter than you on a topic you're I unaware mean, of? <laughs> I, like consultant is just like, well, what do you know? Oh, I'm a business consultant. I'm like, well, what does that mean? That could be anything, right? It's so super vague that it's it's kind of like, well, what do you do for a living? I go to work. It's like, uh, uh, okay, never mind. I got to go. <laughs> so it's, that's the issue, right? <laughs> so what do you think about a consultant? Well, no, uh, and, and financial advice, financial planning, they're you have to define the scope. Are we talking about just how much resources for retirement? Are we talking about risk management? Are we talking about when we say holistic or comprehensive, are you really trying to get a broad swipe? I want to look at everything from tax management to retirement to college funding to major purchases to the, the risk management and insurance both today and in the future. What about if I don't make it? What if I don't die, but I'm still around? Is this why you our know? appointments take like five hours? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just kidding, by the way. They it's don't take five hours. Usually. Uh, <laughs> It's, but all of these elements that come into your finance, it's this cradle to grave, soup to nuts, whatever the analogy is, but there's a lot of moving parts. There is a lot of moving parts. And I don't know that it's possible. I mean, you're not, you're not going to find somebody that's an expert in everything. No. Right. Uh, we use this phraseology a lot. I think what you want is somebody that's a competent expert in many things and a good librarian. Right. And why do you say librarian? 
Well, the librarian knows how to get the answer. They may not know the answer, but they know how to get it. Right. Because I think that the financial world, this is my personal take, right? If there's a framework, right? Like, like the system is built a certain way and certain things fit together. And I don't know all the idiosyncrasies of tax code, for example. But I generally understand how it works. So and that you I could can, go seek out the tax code that right, you're looking for. I can go look for the parts of it and say, well, here's the issue. And we've even had some obscure stuff. Oh, right? oh, yeah. Like really obscure stuff where, you know, you call your CPA and go, how does this work? And they look back at you and they're like crickets, right? Like, I don't know. Well, I'll bring up one for example, right? So last year there was a weird thing with IRAs and everything because of COVID where they said, hey, if you're having... You know, you need to pull money out of your retirement accounts because of COVID-related expenses. You can. Well, they changed the rules, right? And yeah. certain people took advantage of that, which is totally fine, right? Everybody's situation is unique. But they never said how to put it back. They said, well, you can put it back, and, and you have this much time to do it. And everybody went, cool. And then it was time to put it back this year. And everybody went, so how do we do that? And everybody yeah. went, uh, uh -oh. I don't know. And so now it is a, you amend your return. <laughs> Last I. Heard. Well, no, there's like, A, there's a box you can check that says, I plan on putting it back, so it calculates uh, yeah. it differently. And then there's, so the rules kept changing because they were kind of being made up as we were going what? through the process. We made stuff up last year? Oh, my gosh. So it's, yeah, David laughs. We are great librarians in the fact that we get to research how to do stuff. Yeah. And by the way, I feel like a two-year-old all the time, right? The, the joke about the two-year-old always going, why? Why can you do this? Why can you do that? I call and ask why questions constantly. Yep. Constantly. Well, I think we all do. Here's my, I'm, I have another fun example, right? You want to talk about, some of you, this may be relevant, by the way. If you have a 401k plan that has a Roth provision in it. Right. And you do not have a Roth IRA, Okay. Then if you roll that 401k plan over, it turns out your, uh, your Roth IRA has a time associated with it. Roth IRAs are supposed to have been in existence for five years. Now, careful, I'm not just I'm telling you how this works, but this is not He's telling you framework. This is not supposed to be personal advice. And so don't act on it that way. And that's my disclosure to anybody listening to this. That's going to try to, you know, there you go. Look. The five-year clock starts because if you start a Roth IRA and it's two years into the thing and you want to take the money out, you're still going to have potential penalties and tax ramifications. Even if you're over 59 and a half and you did that, you're supposed to have it for five years, at which point it will then become the Roth feature activates and now distributions will become tax-free after that five-year window has occurred. So... When does the clock start on a Roth 401k? Good question. When does it start? After you roll it over. So it doesn't really count, even though it's Roth money in a 401k. The time clock hasn't started. As I understand it so far, and let me be so far as to also tell you where it's unclear. If you in leave the it IRS in there, tax code? <laughs> yeah, if you, I don't know yet. If you leave it in there, can you take distributions from your 401k and without rolling it over and starting the clock at that point, does you get the original clock on just that? That's unclear. Yeah. I don't so, have the answer yet. So guess what? More library. Right. That's how that works. And if you're listening to that going like, huh, then well, now you understand that even the financial pros, and look, I do this stuff all the time. And when I turn to CPAs, you know what they do? 
oh my gosh, I got to go to the, you know, tome of records somewhere and, <laughs> you know, put on the robes and light the candles and figure it out. There are times when I've read code and then I go in and I ask David and I said, read this and tell me what you think. And then if he says the same thing I was thinking, then I'm like, oh, okay, then we read it the same. If he says something different, then I'm like, okay, so now we go to a third source. So what do you think? And, and it's like, it. <laughs> well, like, because interpretation day, is so important. I'm curious. What was the answer to the SEP question the other day? What was the SEP question? It was the, what's, is it a traditional or an employer contribution oh, or something like that? Yeah. So the, the answer to the question was, it was an employer. So if you're doing it for 2020, then it's coded as an employer contribution. But if you're doing it for 2021, it's counted as a traditional SEP contribution. Most of you are going, what the heck does that even mean? It was- Call your advisor. <laughs> yeah, call your advisor. It was a little thing that our custodian was asking as we were putting the money in. Is, this right. an, is it a SEP employer contribution? contribution or a SEP traditional contribution. And I had to call and say, what's the difference? Right. What's the language on this? Because that means something different in IRA context. And then SEP gets put in front of IRA and you go, and half of you are listening going, what's a SEP IRA? And you know what? Don't worry about it. Yeah. It's not going to matter for most of you. So like, <laughs> if don't you're self-employed, let's talk about it. But yeah. it's, it, but it, so again, right. I've been here for eight years. I feel like I know a lot and yeah. yet I still had to call for clarification. So it happens all the time. So when it comes to the advice, be careful. Right? Be careful. Check and validate. Yeah. Yeah. I say say trust but validate. Oh, no, just check and I'll say don't even trust, right? Just get just, just check it and double, double go validate it, it somewhere else. <laughs> get a third um, party to validate it. <laughs> yeah, it, I I think and understand the scope, right? Uh now we got I got one more thing. Oh, let the segment let's take the last break. Okay. And when we come back, we'll talk about abs. That's oh. right. So Katie's like, what? She totally knows what I'm Seven talking about. Seven-minute abs. So, and the eight, so this is a free minute, right? No, we got a few minutes left, and we're going to talk about abs and advice. It'll make sense when we come back. <laughs> Stick around. This is Dave Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you got True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On that note, jeez, you guys don't get this. Like, did we mention that for a Tuesday? You would think, if you listen, because again, consummate radio professionals, that we're not bringing Is that our what you're baggage in. Yeah, it's total <laughs> hooey. Uh, so in between, we're like grumble, grumble as we're um, going See, through growing pains. I like pains. radio personality because personality can be taken any direction you want, but professional to me means that you have some kind of decorum that you got to yeah. follow. Well, and the reality <laughs> is we're paying to do it, which makes us just rank amateurs. So uh, I don't know what to say. I don't now. know about that. All right. Seven minute abs. Ooh, that was really abs. loud. Sorry, guys. I clapped really loud. Okie doke. So now that you're half the speakers in the <laughs> area are are damaged. <laughs> so what do I mean? This really, I'm going to let you explain it, Katie. So it I, was cute. I was laughing because obviously we've taught financial peace and I have taught financial peace in the back uh, background years ago and Dave Ramsey I remember there's a part when Dave Ramsey says you know when you're seeking advice right like if you're seeking marital advice don't go to the guy that's been divorced three times go to the person that has a successful marriage and if you're seeking health advice go to the person that has like eight pack abs or ten pack abs like you don't want to go to the they obese pack abs yeah I know he was joking wow. but he was just saying like don't go to the person that has that's overweight for weight loss like go to the person that's being successful in the field that you want to be successful and get advice from them. And that was kind of his gist of what he was saying, right? Mm -hmm. Like pay attention to who you're seeking the advice from. And then I said, pay attention to the difference between fortunate timing and skill. 
Right. Okay. Because this is something that generationally, there's a lot of folks that are probably in their uh, mid to high 70s. Okay. That especially folks that maybe started down in the California area, bought real estate, and then had this explosion in population that occurred over their lifetime that was disproportionate to really many places all over the country. And so you had a lot of sort of real estate millionaires as that population exploded. Oh, my mom talked about the fact that in the, the early 80s when she bought her first house with my dad, right? Right when I was born, they paid $29,000 for their house. Right. You can and barely even get a car for $29,000. And that same that's house today oh, is Oh, easily six, 700000 Yeah. And so- Easily. And, and you look at that and say, tell me the dollar purchasing power in 1980 till today, 40 years later. And what I will tell you is that it probably takes $5 for purchasing power for every dollar from 1980. Well, like interest rates, right? Yeah, but 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 just do the math on that. So multiply 29,000 times 5, it should be 150. Right. And it's 700. Right. Okay. That is just disproportionate magnitude there. Uh, and you know, some people are going to be quick to say, "Well, there's compounding and other things." Yet, yeah, nevertheless, that particular market just went well crazy. It's we talked about measuring sticks, right? What is your measuring stick? Like anybody that has just started becoming an investor slightly after COVID, right, mm -hmm. and has been in the market up until now, has probably seen really good returns. Oh yeah, if you've been investing like if for you like jumped a in year, in April, you're yeah. up forty percent or something. And everybody's like, "Oh my months. gosh, the stock market's great, right?" Well, yeah, <laughs> but you haven't ridden any of the lows. All you've seen is all the highs, and you've seen a a thing that's a different measuring yeah. stick. So that's not advice. That's circumstance to a degree. But if that person is giving investment advice, well, here's the thing. Sometimes that advice, if you look at the behavior and see did it did it work, right? And and not just like, well, you know what. I happened to buy a place in San Francisco before it was a thing, and then it was a thing, and so I got to sell it for $5 million. Well, Good for you for locating awesome. one-off deals. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome for you, but that's not a very reproducible deal. Thick. Yeah. So that's that makes it fortunate, but it's hard to call it advisable. Right. Right? I mean, like, I will tell you what. I can give you this free advice. There's no downside to it. Go find... Super, super cheap stuff that in really short order will be worth way more than you paid for it. And then sell it to somebody for more. Okay. Like there's magic financial advice. If you just do that, you'll be fine. <laughs> yeah. Now I now, need like the truffle pig to sniff exactly. out the really now, weird exotic thing that go nobody knows hunt exists. for unicorns. Yes. Okay. It's, Glad we had that talk. Thanks. So, the, the, you know, the, the planning side of it, there's to say there's no luck in it isn't. Accurate. No, because there's people that got into Tesla on the ground floor, and there's people that got into Apple and IBM on well, the ground floor. And, and, I mean, and, it's, and it's even that, it's less about luck than saying, you know, we were those folks were willing to make that risk-reward trade, and it worked out. But sometimes you just, you Don't. know, something just goes crazy, your timing's really fortunate, and it just worked out, right? Uh, but if you happen to be an investor in GameStop when it went bananas, and you were never in it for anything other than like, wow, this thing just went up like 400% in a week. And you sold it because you just said, I'm, I'm done here. Or when Bitcoin Great. first came that, out and you went, huh, interesting. I'll just plot 10 grand down on Bitcoin and we'll see I, where I it doubt goes. It. And, you know, most people, it's like, you know, Bitcoin's like five bucks. You know what? Why don't I put a couple hundred bucks in here and just see what happens? Right. And now they're like millionaires. And you're like, what? Like, literally, it was a gamble right. back then. Right. It was a straight up gamble. It worked. But And what is the word that we use in our industry for that? 
lucky? <laughs> <laughs> that was not the word. Speculation was okay. the word I was looking for. <laughs> like, which word are we? I think it's, I think it's lucky. <laughs> well, you pay less if it's only five letters, but <laughs> lucky. <laughs> but it's so so. Be careful who you're getting your advice from. If you know, do they represent the type of advice that you are seeking? Right, like if you're seeking, want to get a second opinion if you need to, right? But just know what the scope of the advice is, right? Advice comes from lots of places, and realize that uh, advice is kind of like armpits, right? Everybody's got them. Most of it's most of them stink. That's how it goes. <laughs> got to be careful about that stuff. Be discerning. Armpits? We're comparing advice to armpits. Just saying, uh, <laughs> you know. That oh come a, that, on! Our listeners have told you they have a lot a, worse things to use. Oh yeah, that was a cleaner version than I've ever heard. So I will stick with stinky armpits. Thank okay. You, very much so uh yeah Uh, and and bottom line is that if you don't know right then seek advice well and are you seeking validating advice right like do you have your mind already made up and you are seeking advice maybe next week confirmation bias is a disaster don't go looking for the advice that you want go looking for good advice right okay and be willing to accept that maybe what you thought was a good idea isn't that a good idea i mean tough love is still maybe love right somebody says like that's terrible idea maybe it's a terrible idea Okay. Uh, maybe they're totally unqualified. Maybe it's a great idea and they don't know what they're talking about. But you know, you can triangulate on advice too. You can get multiple opinions. Just remember that if you surround yourself with people that aren't particularly competent, you have to be careful that the advice is not completely competent. <laughs> oh. Anyway, oh, uh, you know, as you can, as you know, advice is kind of our gig. That's what we do. We've talked about it on the show today. What I'm going to tell you is. Uh, seek. There's lots of information out there. In fact, maybe too much because it's hard to filter it and discern it. If you are not comfortable or confident in getting the getting to the advice yourself, or you want a second opinion, yeah, get help. Right, that's how that works. So I would tell you, it, and it's not a you have to call us thing. It's a but, but get somebody. No, I'll say right? it. You have to call us. So five four one three seven five zero eight nine eight. Okay, and there's no shame in that, right? Because I guess we are paying for I, it. I fact. got no shame. So <laughs> not on that one. I don't. Fair enough. <laughs> well, look, guys. Uh, as I'm looking at the clock, I know we're about out of time. You can tell by the music. So we'll simply leave it at this. Uh, you know, advice is cheap. Good advice is invaluable. So make sure you're seeking good advice. And if we can help you in any way, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, littlejohnfs.com. And again, the number? 541-375-0898. All right. Well, until next time, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for tuning in. This has been David Littlejohn. And Katie Shuck. And you've been listening to True Wealth on News Radio 1240. KQEN. KQEN. The preceding program was paid for by Little John Financial Services. The opinions and views expressed may not reflect those of Brook Communications, its affiliates, or its employees.